بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم This is a little compilation of the correspondence of Faqihul Ummah Hazrat Mufti Mahmud Hassan Gungoy Sahib Rahmatullahi The various letters that people would write to him and the answers that he had given this is a small little selection of that So there's an introduction to this compilation which you will read first which gives us some of the same details that we had already discussed over the various nights some of these that aspects are here as well and there are some other aspects too bismillahir rahmanir rahim the fundamental object of our existence on earth is ibadat and to acquire the marifat that is a recognition of allah taala the acquisition of this marifat has been commanded by allah taala in the quran e kareem in many ways Among the various ayats that command the above is the following injunction of Allah Taala O you who believe fear Allah and be with the sadiqin Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu taqullaha wa kunu ma'as sadiqin the truthful The sadiqin are those who are truthful in every aspect especially the and most of all in their relationship with their creator They do not deliberately commit any transgression of the laws of Allah Taala The primary injunction in the ayat above is to fear Allah Taala remaining in the company of the sadiqin is the method of acquiring what has been commanded thus throughout the ages people have generally acquired rectification of their inner selves and have gained the quality of ihsan that is the constant deep awareness of Allah Taala only through the company of the sadiqin while information of the finer aspects of ma'rifat taqwa ihsan and everything that is related could be acquired from books and discourses the reality will only be acquired through the method commanded by allah taala by remaining in the company of the sadiqin among the various duas of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is this beautiful supplication o oh allah i beseech you to be granted your love and i beseech you that i be granted the love of those who love you and i beseech you to grant me the ability of performing those actions that will take me to your love this is a dua that we should try and learn of and constantly make this dua allahumma inni asaluka hubbak wa hubba may yuhibbuk wal amal alladhi yuballighuni hubbak in this dua the love of the true lovers of allah taala is sought even before the actions that lead to his beloved in other words in this dua there are three things one is allahumma inni asaluka hubbak Ya Allah I seek your love. The second thing, wa hubba may yuhibbuk and the love of those who love you. And the third is the love of those actions that take the love of the actions that take me to you. Wa hubba amali yuballighuni hubbak. Now there are three things that I mentioned here. The first is the love of Allah Taala. And the last thing is the love of the actions or the actions that take one to Allah Taala. and this is actually the objective the actions that take one to allah taala that is actually the objective so what is the aspect of being mentioned in between that grant me the love of those who love you this is the lesson that is being given here that this is the link when a person has acquired the love of the lovers of allah taala this creates himmat 
This is one of the primary things and primary benefits of a person acquiring the love of those who love Allah Ta'ala, being in the company of the pious and Ahlullah, is that it creates himmat, it creates courage, things which a person felt were beyond him. This is by the system of Allah Ta'ala that this himmat transfers heart to heart. Theory transfers maybe from the book, from the pages, from whatever sources, to the mind. But himmat is something that transfers heart to heart. And that is why so much of emphasis is placed on the sohbat of the Ahlullah. So this is what we are being taught here, that in this dua, the love of the true lovers of Allah Ta'ala is sought even before the actions that lead to his love. This further indicates that loving the sadiqeen and being in their company enables one to perform those actions that lead to the love of Allah Ta'ala. Now that this himmat has come, now a person finds it very much more easier and he's able to perform all the ibadat. That himmat enables him to stay away from sin. And this courage that has come now, this takes him to the amal, the amal take him to Allah Ta'ala. So the amal are what will take him. But person knows the amal, person knows Fajr Salah, he knows that he must refrain from sin. The ilm we have, but the himmat to practice on that ilm, this comes from sohbat. This is what is the need. Due to the clear emphasis on the company of the sadiqeen, in previous times people would spend years with the true lovers of Allah Ta'ala. They only left the company of the sadiqeen once they had acquired the reality of ihsan and had become among the sadiqeen themselves. This was a very common thing previously. People would stay sometimes one year, two years, five years, somebody. Many, many long years would be spent sometimes in the company of the mashayikh. The statement of Hazrat Khaja Ma'asum Billah Rahmatullahi highlights the importance of being in the company of the sadiqeen for such lengthy periods. He says, the special closeness to Allah Ta'ala, which is termed nisbat, ihsan, can be acquired through the path of the people of tasawwuf. These pious servants of Allah Ta'ala did not consider themselves or anyone else in acquiring the love of Allah Ta'ala. They totally linked themselves to, acquire, to Allah Ta'ala alone. Hence, if they love any person, it is only for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Likewise, if they hate anyone, it will only be for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Until the nisbat with Allah Ta'ala has not been firmly embedded in the hearts, one should not leave the company of one's murshid. Leaving his company before this time will result in the nisbat weakening, which will eventually result in the commission of sins. Indulging in sin will result in the heart becoming dark. An extracted from Kashkole Ma'rifat by Hazrat Mawlana Hakim Muhammad Akhtar Sahib, Damat Barakatuhum, Rahmatullahi Alayhi. In the company of one's murshid, one is guided through the various stages of suluk, one is advised on how to overcome the many pitfalls, one's weaknesses are easily detected by the murshid from one's manner of talking, association and general conduct. One is guided on how to correct them, thus after a period of time, the basic level of ihsan is acquired. In previous times, there was a very very rigorous process. A very rigorous process that people would go through in the khanqas, which would in a relatively and comparatively very shorter time, 
enable the person to acquire the objective. Many times a person is, mashallah, making an effort, but he feels that wherever I reach, whatever I acquired, has anything happened? So there's two things here. One is, as long as a person is making an effort, in the path of deen, the journey is also part of the destination. In the path of suluk and ihsan, the journey is also part of the destination. This is an ajeeb thing. That how can the journey be part of the destination? In dunya, a person is traveling somewhere, so now he needs to travel to a point thousand miles away. So now he's driving, he's driving and carrying on 500 miles, 700 miles, and by around seven, eight hundred miles he breaks down, so he's lost everything. That's the end of the journey. But in deen, in the path of Allah Ta'ala, in journeying towards Allah Ta'ala, a person is making an effort, that effort itself is already part of the destination, that this is gaining him the benefits of the destination. The destination is to reach Allah Ta'ala. Every step, he is already gaining the benefits of the destination. Obviously, it depends how close he's got. And if en route, finally he's totally out in the sense that his life has finally left. Now, if a person was trying to journey to some point, and his life left halfway, that's it. He'll never, re- he'll never reach. His life is over. But in this path, if a person has been sincerely continuing making his effort, and he hasn't yet reached that level of ihsan, he hasn't yet reached that level that he should be, or he's trying to reach, and that has now come to the point where his life has left, in that last moment of life, Allah Ta'ala will make him reach that destination with his fadal. And he'll leave this dunya, in the condition of somebody who has acquired that ihsan. Allah Ta'ala won't deprive him. But the point is to continue on the journey, not to stop. The person has stopped, so now he's deprived himself. So it will happen sometimes, insan is insan, could happen that on the road he sometimes slips over, falls somewhere. But if he has slipped over, he has fallen somewhere, to immediately wake up, to clean himself and keep traveling. Keep on the road. As long as he keeps on the road, Allah Ta'ala will cause him to reach the destination. If while he's alive he reached it, Alhamdulillah. If he didn't reach it while he's alive, in his last moments of life, Allah Ta'ala will take him there. So there is never any loss. So in previous times, people would come to the khanqas and spend this very, very lengthy periods of time, and there was a very rigorous process that they would sometimes be put through. The, some of the famous incidents have been discussed many times. The incident of the son of Hazrat Sheikh Abdul Quddus Gangui, where he went to the Khalifa of his father after his father passed away. He in Balkh all the way from Gango to Balkh, and when he, when the news got there, that this is the son of the sheikh coming, so, like so to say, figuratively speaking, the red carpet was laid out. Half the town came out to welcome him. And he was given this VIP and royal treatment. After three days, he said to the sheikh, that I haven't come for this. So what you've come for? So I've come to take that wealth from you, which you received from my father. He says, well really, that's what you've come for? 
So fine. Now, all these, when he came, they gave him the best of garments to wear. He was a much, very young person, but they treated him as royalty. So he says, well now the whole, everything will change now. So they gave him very, very simple and coarse clothing to wear. And put him to just stay in one of the ordinary places. And the whole day now, what is your job? You just keep cleaning these gutters. On those days, the open gutters and these musallis come, you make water hot for them. There's no giza system, so you heat the water for them. But that's it. That is your wazifa of the day. And this carried on because what was detected is that this person has this inner disease of pride. This malady of pride was immediately detected and the mashayikh who Allah Ta'ala has blessed with that basirat. So they used to manage to detect these things from one look at a person. From one look at how the person is walking, how he's talking. The famous incident of Hazrat Imam Shafi Rahmatullah which we discussed many times. He saw one person or rather one person was insisting upon him that you have this ability of kash. You can you get some insights into the unseen. So he said, I don't have any such ability. He's insisting, no, I'm sure you have. He's saying, I don't. So, any case, as now they're discussing this, one stranger passes, a person who's a stranger to both of them. And he just passed and went on on his way on the roadside. So this person asked Imam Shafi Rahmatullah, okay, this person who has walked past, what is his occupation? So he looked at him, carefully observed his walk, and after observing him for a few minutes, for a few moments, he said he's either a blacksmith or a carpenter. Now, either a blacksmith or a carpenter. So this person who was now insisting on him that you have this ability of kash, and he's denying it, I don't have any such ability. So now when he heard this answer, he rushed off and went and stopped the stranger. And he asked him, tell me, what do you do? So the person said, before I was a blacksmith, now I'm a carpenter. Now where does this come from? How can a person observe this? So this is ittaqu firasat al-mu'min fa'innahu yanzuru binurillah Nabi Islam says fear the intelligence of a true mu'min because he sees with the nur of Allah Ta'ala those who have that kamil iman and those who have that ta'aluk with Allah Ta'ala then it is not even necessary that it is something to do with kash. It is that very fine, it is like the Hakim who puts his hand on the pulse and he can detect what is going on within the body. We put our hand on the pulse, we can't find the pulse also. And one Hakim had asked once that how many types of different pulses are detected. He says, well now, so long time, some years back, somebody had come from India, quite an old Hakim. He had just come to visit, he had relatives here. So, he says, well now this science has almost more or less died off. This was a very, it was an art, where the Hakims of older times, they had this ability to detect a lot. And he says that there are 5,000 different types of pulses. 5,000 different types, fine minor differences between it. And previously, People had the ability to detect maybe somebody 300, somebody 400, somebody 5, of all the more major things, 
they would learn how to detect those differences. So now what sensitivity was in the finger and how sharp and alert the person has to be to be able to detect that minor differences. And in that, the person is now diagnosing there's some problem with the liver or there's a problem with the kidney or there's something wrong with the stomach. Now he's got his one finger on the pulse only or two, three fingers on the pulse and he's talking about what's happening in the liver or there's a problem in the kidney or somebody has got a heart problem. Even recently, there was his late Barhum Hakim Yusuf Rahmatullah from Hekpot, he used to be well known, many people had consulted him. There were many people who just went and went for something else and after he checked the pulse out and he said, look, I think you must go and check your heart out. Or somebody, he said something else. The person went and it turned out, yes, there was a problem. He didn't even know there was a problem in that particular issue. He went for something else. The weight was detected from, from the pulse. So that pulse is a fine signal. So that fine signal, people like us can't find the pulse, where are we going to find the signal? But those who, likewise, those who have that fine microscopic sight that Allah has blessed them, then in that little difference in a person's walk, they make out why is this person walking in that particular manner. Now to us, he's walking like, just like anybody else, everybody's walking the same. But in that little, minute, little manner in which is peculiar to him, they can work out that this is where this is coming from. This is coming from the work he does. This is coming from the kind of things he's probably involved in. Or something of the other which they can trace it to. Purely based on the signal. Nothing to do with kash. Now these were people who, they were such people, maybe they are people of this caliber this, in this time and age as well. So in any case, this is the point that in that time, now this was the wazifa. You carry on cleaning these gutters. And after months had passed, or a good amount of time had passed, now there used to be even, after the person has gone through some treatment, they say, okay, take it for x-ray again to see now how much has been relieved, how much got sorted out. So there used to be these x-rays taken also. And how the x-ray was taken, that the person who was responsible to take the, clear the bucket from the toilet, says, now that person, everybody used to regard the person very ill, want to stay far away from him, this person is carrying this filth all the time, so don't want to go anywhere near him to, and which was wrong, but people would regard them with some degree of contempt, because that person is doing his job, there's nothing contemptible about him. So any case, told that person, today when you're cleaning that toilet out and you're taking that bucket, you pass very close by through pass him, and just slightly brush past him. So he did accordingly, and when he brushed past this person, so he became very upset, and he said, Naraha Gango, that you are really fortunate that we are sitting here in Balkh, this is not Gango, it's not my hometown. Had it been my hometown, I would have shown you. But now I'm, my hands are tied here. So this was the x-ray that was being taken. And he came and reported it to the sheikh that this is the response. He says, no, the work is not done yet. The x-ray shows that this disease is still quite deep. Now there has been so much of treatment over time, in this manner now. And he was somebody that was like a prince in his own hometown. Now he's cleaning the gutters here. 
and for months. And now the x-ray is showing, no, this, this thing is still not sorted out. So let him carry on. After some time it passed again. Okay, today when you're cleaning the toilet out, you pass by him and let some spill on him also. Imagine this kind of x-ray is get, are getting taken. So now this person does accordingly. And he's quietly observing the response. The response. So he just looks at him with a lot of anger but doesn't say anything. He didn't utter one word. But that anger was visible in his face. So the results of the x-ray were reported. So he says, well there has been definitely benefit. Things have improved. But still undone. Still not complete. And then finally the time came. He says, today when you're passing by, today you just pretend to have be stumbling and tripping and let everything fall on him. And he did accordingly and he pretended to fall. This person, instead of worrying about himself, he rushed to the assistance of the cleaner. That did you get hurt? Are you okay? He says, ab kaam ban gaya. Now, this treatment has been completed. Now this malady has been uprooted. But now this was that zamana where people went through this kind of rigorous exercises and they submitted themselves. And these x-rays used to continue. Hazrat Gangoi Rahmatullah he had come into the company of Hazrat Hadi Imdadullah Muhajir Makki Rahmatullah and he was somebody who, before he even reached there, they had detected, the Hadisab had detected what caliber is this person. So in any case, the Hadisab had insisted that you must have your meals with me. Whereas in that time, person would go to the Khanka, he would be responsible to make his own arrangements, cook his own food, whatever it is, and he continues, says, no, you have your meals with me. So one day, he is sitting with Hadi Allah Sahib and having his meals. So some food was brought. So there was two dishes that were brought. So in one dish was what in India is called kofta. Now uh, the closest thing that we have to that is a kebab. Now this is a luxury dish. It's a meat dish. So the Hajjah brought that closer to him and kept it there. And the other was very simple and plain dal. So he put the dal in front of Hazrat Gangoi Rahmatullah Now, all these things and these tests and these x-rays used to happen in a very subtle way. And it used to happen in a way that a person wouldn't even realize that what is happening. So just at that time, other personality who also used to be based at the Khanka in Thanabon, Hafiz Zamin Shaheed Rahmatullah he happened to walk in. Now he was also very much aware of the caliber of Hazrat Nagui Rahmatullah. He had just come in. He was a newcomer. But in that one, his, he was like almost came in ready-made. And in that zamana, in that time, in that era, he barely stayed for one chilla. From the moment he landed there, he stayed one chilla. And that one chilla gave him khilafat. And he said, whatever I had to do, I have already given you. Now it is your job to keep this going forward. So in any case, as Hafiz Zamin Shahid Rahmatullah walks in, now Hazrat Gangoi Rahmatullah is already an alim of high repute, 
and person of very high caliber himself in his own right. And now he's sitting at the Dasar Khan, he's eating this plain dal, there is this dish of this luxury kebab that is not in front of him, is away from him, so he can't stick his hand out for it. And Hafiz Amin Shaheed Rahmatullahi walks in, so he sees this. So he was very informal with the Hadith they were contemporaries, they were like satis, they were companions, contemporaries. So he says to the Hadith that why have you got this dish of kebab so far away that Bia Rashid will have difficulty in stretching his hand out to, towards it, put that closer to him also. He, that's a, they are like on the level of friends, they can talk to each other in that manner. So he is, so to say, uh, not reprimanding, but he's saying that what are you doing now? You're keeping this dish so far away, close to you, and you left the dal only by, by him. Put this also closer to him. So when he said this, the Hadisab is talking to him. And he's saying, he must make shukar that I allowed him to sit and eat with me. What was actually something that I should have done is, give him that food and roti in his hand and tell him to sit outside and eat, like how the beggars eat. And he said it in a stern voice. And the Gangoi Rahmatullahi says, that at that time, I realized that from the corner of his eye, he was observing me. Now all these days, he's entertaining him like a mehman, like a guest, and he's feeding him. And now suddenly today, out of the blue, he's saying, my heart's desire was to put that roti, like people who come to beg, so they would give that person one roti, put some little salon curry on that thing, and tell him, carry on. So he says, my heart's desire was that I should have just given him this one piece of bread and put something on it for him and tell him, go sit outside and eat. He must be grateful I'm allowing him to sit with me and eat. And from the corner of my, his eye, he's observing. Gawir Rahmatullahi says, but Allah Ta'ala shukar, that the slightest, nothing crossed my heart, nothing negative even crossed my heart, and my composure also didn't change in the least bit, and I didn't feel any way that what he was saying was untrue. From the depth of my heart, I felt that what he is saying is the reality, that that is what I was worth, and not even that. He says, but at that moment I realized I was being tested. Alhamdulillah, after that he never tested me. Because this one test passed everything. Because this can become a major test if a person is yet undone. In that one moment he can slip. So this was the way things happened in those times, that there was this vigorous testing. So in any case, nowadays we don't have the time, we don't have that capacity to spend this kind of time in the company of the mashayikh or to be able to undergo these kind of tests. So in any case, nowadays Allah Ta'ala has made it easy for us to. But the thing is to undertake the correct process. So this is what is being discussed here. Ji. Thus after a period of time, the basic level of ihsan is acquired. In these times, people generally only manage to stay for a short time in the company of the sheikh. Thus, the substitute for the company of the sheikh, though not as effective, but yet fundamentally important, is corresponding with the sheikh by letter. Whatever the means of correspondence are, nowadays things have become even more easy, by means of email, phone, whatever it is, but the correspondence. The first part of the correspondence, in other words with one sheikh, is what is termed as ittila which means that one should inform the sheikh of one's conditions. 
the Shaykh must be informed about the favorable conditions as well as the negative conditions. One's Murshid does not have the knowledge of the unseen. The knowledge of the unseen is with Allah Ta'ala alone. Only Allah Ta'ala knows the unseen. Nobody else has the knowledge of the unseen. If the patient sincerely wishes to become healthy, he should disclose his ailment to the physician. Likewise, one should disclose his weaknesses to his sheikh so that he may be guided as to how to rectify them. The second part of the correspondence is ittiba, which simply means to follow. When the sheikh prescribes a remedy, it should be followed. Otherwise, the benefit will not be acquired. The main aspect is to communicate sincerely and honestly. Perusing through the correspondence of others with their sheikh helps one to remedy some common problems in one's own life. It also gives a novice some idea of how to communicate with one's sheikh. Nevertheless, it is only one's personal, sincere and honest communication with one's own murshid that will enable one to acquire ihsan. May Allah Ta'ala grant us all this priceless wealth and include us among the sadiqeen. Amin. So this was the introduction and there's approximately 40 different correspondences here. We will read a few of them in order to just get some idea of one is how this correspondence used to take place. Apart from that, the lessons that come in here, this is something very, very useful, very beneficial for us in general. The thing is that certain things will have a general benefit, but many a times, a person having the same problem, but the background to the problem might differ. A person might have the same symptoms, but the reason for the particular symptoms in him might not necessarily be the same as in a another person's case. And that could be the reason for the prescriptions being different. So the same symptoms, one person might get one prescription and another person might be given a different prescription. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. <clears throat> this is one letter that somebody had written and simply all he asked was kindly favor me with some advice. So this is general advice and this is something nevertheless that applies to one and all. There is no specification in this for anybody. So the person wrote, Assalamu alaikum, kindly favor me with some advice. So Hazrat replied, Alaikum salam rahmatullahi barakatuh. Here under is some advice as requested. Number one, regard yourself as the lowest of all people in status and worse than every Muslim in spiritual condition. <coughs> this is actually the advice that is given here is the soul and the ruh of the sawuf. This is the ruh of the sawuf. The several points that are mentioned here, the six points here, and these are the things that are the crux of it all. This person had just asked for some general advice, but this general advice, as short as it is, is a summary of volumes. Number one, Hazrat writes, regard yourself as the lowest of all people. In status, that I am a nobody compared to everyone. And as far as being in the state of, in one's spiritual condition, lower than every Muslim. In terms of being lower than every person in status, that is actually what it refers to is, that in terms of 
the probable future, then a person should regard himself as lower than everybody in terms of the possibility. Because presently, there might be somebody who might be lower off than him in the sense that that person is without Iman also. But what the future holds, tomorrow that person could be blessed with Iman and what position he might reach, we can only dream of. So as a probability, that person is better than us also. As a possibility. But presently, obviously the person with Iman is definitely a million times, a billion times better than a person without Iman. But among the believers, so at this point in time, to regard oneself as the lowest of every believer. Number two, constantly express gratitude to Allah Ta'ala for His bounties and favors. Shukr is an extremely important thing and a very effective thing. Shukr opens the doors of the bounties of Allah Ta'ala. La in shakartum, la azidannakum. You be grateful to me. Allah Ta'ala says, I will open, I will increase my favors upon you. And this is something that uproots many of the maladies of the heart. If there's shukr in reality, it will uproot pride. Because a person gets proud over things that he believes is his or feels is his achievement. And when he's genuinely making shukr, then he's turning everything to Allah. Allah, Allah everything is from you. When he's genuinely making shukr, ujb and vanity can't come. Because this vanity also stems from the same thing, that I did this. It's me. And now when he's turning entirely, his heart is totally immersed in shukar, then he is conscious that everything is from Allah Ta'ala. In pride, in vanity, the attention is towards oneself. And in shukar, the entire attention is to Allah Ta'ala. Provided that shukar is shukar in reality. So shukar outwardly seems to be a very, very simple thing, and very common thing, but it is very deep, very effective. If a person has the reality of shukr, besides these kind of major problems, shukr is the antidote for all the kinds of grief and worries and depression. When a person is genuinely making shukr, being insan, he is also somebody who will feel pain, he will feel hurt, he will feel grief, he will feel a sense of loss. But when he feels these things, then he turns his heart deeply into shukar. And when he becomes immersed in that shukar, he becomes so conscious of the countless na'mas of Allah Ta'ala, that whatever feeling of loss he was, he was experiencing, that becomes subdued. A person lost thousand rands. He lost thousand rands, so now it's causing him some kind of hurt, pain, that he lost something. But then suddenly he realized that there is a hundred thousand rands which he had forgotten about. One is a person knew about it too, but there's a hundred thousand rands which he completely forgot which was kept somewhere. Now this was hurting him, suddenly he opened that particular cupboard. Sometimes people hide something in such a way that they can't find it also. One person used to make khidmat for everybody, anyone comes along, he is very, very uh, eager and very enthusiastic to make khidmat. So one day some guest came, some sheikh came, or somebody came. So mashallah, this person was ready for khidmat. So as this person entered the masjid, 
So he quickly grabbed hold of the shoes. Now I need to keep the shoes properly. Mustn't get mislaid somewhere. So now it probably was a very big crowd. So all the shoe racks etc. were all filled. So he went and kept it somewhere very safely. Now the time came to leave the masjid. They asked him with the shoes. Say I kept it so safely I forgot where I kept it. <laughs> so mashallah the khidmat is something. But a person who was made khidmat should be also not so... He should be alert about what he's doing. Otherwise his khidmat will be so secure that you can't undo the khidmat after that. So this we are talking about that this person now had lost a thousand rands, he was feeling hurt about it. Now suddenly out of the blue he opens his cupboard and he sees his hundred thousand. It is his. It was there from before but he had forgotten about it. What happens to that pain? Where's that pain gone? Where's that grief and sorrow gone? Not that it wasn't there, or it might not even be there at that moment, but it is completely subdued by this happiness of seeing this hundred thousand suddenly. This even wipes out that grief. Now the same is when a person immerses himself in sugar in reality. Then all those innumerable bounties, and how much he is going to be able to get out of that innumerable, meaning be able to be conscious of. He'll start becoming conscious of, so many that he was now being gone out of his mind. He wasn't even taking it or being conscious of it or remembering it that this too is Allah Ta'ala's great bounties upon me. So now when he starts genuinely making shukr for these deep, for these great bounties deeply, in the depth of his heart. And this is something, this is also a type of muraqaba. As we've discussed, muraqaba, muraqaba of ma'iyad, alam ya'alam bi anna Allah yara Muraqaba of Allah Ta'ala watching all the time. Wahua ma'akum ma kuntum person is sitting and he's pondering over this ayat. Allah Ta'ala is with you wherever you are. Wahua ma'akum ma kuntum. Alam ya'alam bi anna Allah yara. And he's embedding this in his heart to develop this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. Like that is the muraqaba of death to bring this consciousness of death. Similarly is the muraqaba of shukr. This too is something to regularly do. And especially when a person is feeling some kind of low, when a person is feeling little down, then a very effective thing is this muraqaba, muraqaba of dua and muraqaba of shukr. Muraqaba and dua is also something which the mashayikh prescribe. Muraqaba and dua is simply this, that as a person makes dua in the formal manner, he raises his hands, etc. That is a sunnah way of making dua in any case. But this is a kind of exercise as well, and it is something which is, now one is the manner of dua that the Ahlullah make. So they heart sign that dua entirely. Now this is a manner of bringing the heart into the dua by exercising this muraqaba of dua. That a person, there's no lip movement, there's no tongue movement, and he's sitting and from his heart, he's making dua. He's talking to Allah Ta'ala directly from his heart. And besides, this is a very, very effective thing. It really draws down great benefits. So to make this muraqaba dua as well from time to time. Dua for oneself, for one's family, for the entire ummah. <clears throat> so just as this muraqaba of dua, there is this muraqaba of shukr. But the manner of making this muraqaba of shukr is, one is, Allahumma lakal hamd. Ya Allah, you blessed me with innumerable bounties. No, now this muraqaba of shukr is to go through those bounties in detail. 
to enumerate one bounty at a time. Ya Allah, you blessed me with iman. Allahumma laka alhamdu wa laka shukr. Ya Allah, I can spend my whole life in making shukr for this bounty of iman. I cannot thank you enough. I cannot fulfill one fraction of the shukr that is required for this iman. So now he's expressing his shukr on iman. Allahumma laka alhamdulillah ni'matil iman. Ya Allah, you blessed me with the tawfiq of being performing my salah. Allah, how many people are far away from salah, from the masjid? Ya Allah, if I spend my whole life making shukr upon this, I can't fulfill the right of one dot of the shukr that is required. First, the bounties of deen. This too will take us a lifetime if we really go through it. But some of the things, several of it, so he will make shukr on iman, shukr on the tawfiq of salah. He's made zikr that morning. His heart was half in it, half not there. But the fact that Allah Ta'ala allowed his tongue to take the name of Allah Ta'ala. Somebody, Allah forbid, his tongue is forever, vulgar things are rolling off that tongue. And Allah Ta'ala allowed our tongue to take his name. What a great ni'mat. One person wrote to Hazrat Mufti Muhammad to say that my heart is forever just fluttering all over the place when I'm making zikr also. I just don't have the presence of mind. My heart is not there. Hazrat wrote back to him, the first point was, make shukr, Allah Ta'ala has allowed your tongue to be engaged in his remembrance. And now make dua also, that Ya Allah, just as you have allowed my tongue to be engaged in your remembrance, engage my heart also in your remembrance. But the first thing was shukr that Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy, Allah Ta'ala has allowed my tongue to take his Mubarak name, to take his pure name. So, now to take one, one dini bounty, Allah, this is purely your favor. And this is a favor which the whole world put together cannot equate this. So now he's making shukr on his iman. He's making the shukr on tawfiq of salah, tawfiq of reciting the Quran Sharif, tawfiq of zikr, whatever little it is. That little also is by the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala. And had that little not been there also, there was nothing that a person could have done to acquire it. It's only the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala. So, now taking one thing at a time, and then deeply from the heart, expressing shukar, Alhamdulillah. Allah, this is purely your grace. Then, enumerating some of the bounties, the physical bounties. Ya Allah, I'm healthy, I'm fit. Alhamdulillah. There are thousands, there are hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of people lying in hospitals. There are people who are paralyzed. There are people who, they have every complication. Ya Allah, I'm healthy, I'm fit. I can walk, I can eat normally. I can sleep normally. What a ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala. Allah, I slept the night. What a gift, what a bounty. There are people who are suffering insomnia in a way that the whole night goes by, they don't get one wink of sleep. Allah, you granted me this ni'mat of sleep. Subhanallah. Alhamdulillah on that. Now when a person will take one one ni'mat and he will express that shukr on each ni'mat from the heart. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Five minutes of this it will be very difficult for that feeling of low to remain. For that feeling of being feeling down to remain. Provided that this is done correctly, properly, five minutes, ten minutes, person repeats it after a few hours. This is the antidote to all these feelings, negative feelings, feelings of low. Dunya is dunya, we have all kinds of challenges coming, we have all kinds of situations. Sometimes there's some major things, sometimes smaller things. Yes, Insan is insan, sometimes something major happens, that grief will last, but that grief also, provided that it is within the limits of shariat, 
within the limits of sunnah, then that too is not something that is harmful to his iman in any way, harmful to his progress towards Allah Ta'ala. But in that, in that difficulty, in that hardship, in that loss, whatever it might be, he is turning more to Allah Ta'ala. Then that too has become a ni'mat for him. That too has become a source of progress for him. So this was the second lesson that was given here. Constantly express gratitude to Allah Ta'ala for his bounties and favors. Number three, maintain your focus towards acquiring the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala in everything you do. As you mentioned, and this is the first letter that has been recorded here, because this is the summary of everything. This is the ruh and the essence of tasawwuf. Person has acquired this, he's acquired everything. So the third point here is that maintain your focus towards acquiring the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala in everything you do. A person who has acquired this, this is ihsan. That when a person has acquired ihsan, then he is conscious and he is all the time concerned that whatever I do, as how simple and mundane the activity might be, might be a very very basic thing, it might be going to sleep for that matter, it might be eating something, it might be talking to one's friend, it might be laughing and joking with someone. But in everything, he'll be looking for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Looking for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala in laughing and joking with someone, that too he'll have the niyat that Nabi Islam also would sometimes joke with the Sahaba. He'll have the niyat of ittiba'i sunnat in that. He'll keep it within the limits of shariat. So that laughing also of his, and that joking, within the limits of shariat and sunnat, will become ibadat because of his niyat. Now, even in that, he is seeking the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Like the incident we spoke about, Khadazil Hassan Majub Rahmatullah how he kept everybody rolling in laughter for a while and then asked them who had been unmindful of Allah Ta'ala. And everybody was quiet, he said, Alhamdulillah, in all this time I wasn't unmindful of Allah Ta'ala. So that too he was doing to acquire the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala with the niyat of ittiba'i sunnat. So this is the thing that in everything a person focuses towards acquiring the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Number four, refrain from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. Number five, keep the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa dominant over the love of all the creation. And number six, refrain totally from hurting the feelings of anyone. These are six points here, which is the crux of everything. The person has acquired this, the hukukullah have come in here. After the hukukullah have been completed, the aspect of ihsan has come, the various ways of shukr, etc., and being conscious of and trying to acquire the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala and everything and the ittiba'i sunnat the love of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam ittiba'i sunnat has come and hukukul ibad refrain from hurting anyone refrain from hurting anyone includes the whole branch of hukukul ibad so when a person has acquired this he has acquired everything Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq